Good morning. Today's reading is from Exodus, chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, and can be found on page 57 in the Pew Bible. On the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. This is the word of God for the people of God. On the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. remember a mountaintop experience in your life? September 8th, 2007, I was in this stone Episcopal church, beautiful church, on the banks of a river in Foxburg, Pennsylvania. I was standing right here and looking that way when the doors at the back of the church opened. And I saw the most beautiful creature I have ever seen in my life. I got to marry her that day. Man, what a mountaintop experience that was. My guess is I'm not the only guy in this room who has an image like that etched in their minds. A number of years later, in Roanoke, Virginia, my wife was giving birth to our second child, our little girl, Parker. And I actually, I got to deliver her. You talk about a mountaintop experience. Little gross, but a mountaintop experience. No, it was all, it was amazing. I'm just joking. It was amazing. Before any of this happened, before any of this happened, I was finishing my time in the Air Force, and as sure as I am standing here before you today, I was absolutely convinced that God was calling me to go to seminary. But I was still in debt from undergrad. So I applied to the seminaries because that's what I thought God wanted me to do. And I got into these seminaries, but the one I really wanted to go to was Emory University. And they called me and they said, listen, you're, you're welcome to come here to seminary, but we've already awarded all of our scholarships. And then a couple days later, they called back and said, hey, somebody turned down the scholarship. Would you like a full scholarship with a stipend to buy your books? Yes, I would. Thank you very much. (laughs) It was a great mountaintop experience. My... My name is Rob Lau, I'm one of the pastors here, and over the course of the last few weeks, as we have journeyed towards the birth of Christ, 
We've been remembering that the New Testament opens with a promise. In Matthew chapter 1, the New Testament begins by telling us that Mary's going to have a baby and that his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we've been talking about how God is with us in our difficult moments, in our times of darkness. We talked about how God is with us in the valley when we suffer. We talked about how God is with us in the wilderness when we are being prepared and pruned for what is to come. We talked last week about how God is with us in the storm, those moments of crisis. But church, we sure would miss it if we failed to recognize that while it is true God is with us in our most difficult moments, it is also true that God is the author of our finest hours as well. And so today we're going to talk about what it means for Emmanuel to be God with us when we are on the mountaintop, when life is beautiful and good and, and sweet. I actually um, had a mountaintop kind of experience this past week. And rather than tell you about it, I we caught it on video. So I, I wanted to show it to you. So check this out. Man, I cannot believe it is the week of Christmas and I still haven't finished my Christmas shopping. Oh, there's traffic everywhere. I need some help. Hey, man. Hey, listen, I need, I need your help. Uh, you lived around here forever, and it just it would mean so much to me. Do you mind? Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, see you in a minute. Bye. Hey, hey, man. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you Can't believe it's here already. Man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being willing to help me finish my Christmas shopping. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Hey, you don't mind if while we're we're on the way to get my Christmas shopping done, we listen listen to a little bit of music, do you? No. Sure. Absolutely. We can do that. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. So how are things going at Virginia Beach United Methodist Church, man? Going well. Yeah, right. we're doing. We're, we're getting. Well, we're acclimated now. Things are going pretty well. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure that Virginia Beach United Methodist Church is a wonderful, wonderful church. But I bet that uh, just as a pastor, having seen Christmas Eve at Ebenezer Church, I bet that's mm. hard. Uh, but uh, it's hard oh, for you guys man. to miss that. Yeah, huh? Christmas Eve at Ebenezer is really special. Yeah. Really special. Wow. Mm-hmm. When you see that the candles in the sanctuary on Christmas Eve, I mean, you get the best seat in the house standing right. up where you do. <laughs> you get to look out on all. It's just amazing. Yeah. 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 I just want you for my own. Oh, you so, listen, I'm just going to stop here for a second, because I, I worry sometimes. You, know, you, you and Lynn, you guys work so hard all the time. You especially, you just work so hard. And there you are down at, down at Virginia Beach. And I worry sometimes that maybe you don't take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So, to that end, all right. I got you a present. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Oh, all right. I wish I'd have brought you something. Nah, nah, it's all, it's all right. Okay. This is this is for you. Well, thank you. Boy, I love the bag. Go on, open it now. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Wow. Oh my. Oh, oh. Oh my. It's a speedo. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> hey, man, Merry Christmas. Again. All righty. I can't wait to get to the beach with that. Uh, also, just as, you know, one final kind of present to you, I was told by a little birdie uh, that your favorite Christmas song, or was it mm. your least favorite Christmas song, is Little Drummer Boy. And I thought we'd just, you know, rock with that for a while. Oh, great. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> They told me bum 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 A newborn came to see bum 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 Well, at least it's the Bing Crosby version. We'll yeah, take that. Bing. I have no skits we bring bum 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 Oh, hey, man, listen. <laughs> I feel so much better having on my Christmas shopping done, but... More so because I got to hang out with you for a little while. Oh, it's so, been great. Yeah. It's been great. And I just know you're going to have a great Christmas Eve here. What, what time are the services? Uh, two, four, six, and 8. Oh, easy to remember. Yeah, so if you guys finish down, down in Virginia Beach and need a place to come. Nah, oh. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, from our family here at Ebenezer Church to, to you, Lynn, and, and your folks down at Virginia Beach, Merry, Merry uh, Christmas. My well, Merry Christmas, my friend, and right. Merry Christmas to all the great people at Ebenezer. We miss you guys. Love you guys. And we pray for you regularly. So keep going. All right, we'll do it. All right, right. thank you. God bless. You bet. God bless you. Some of you guys are saying, man, it sure was good to see him again. And some of you guys are saying, who was that guy, right? Uh, So that's Mark Miller. He was my predecessor here at Ebenezer. Wonderful man, wonderful pastor. And just getting to spend some time with Mark and with Lynn was a mountaintop experience for me this last week. And, um, And speaking of former pastors here, I just wanted to let you know that next Sunday, right here on this very stage, my friend, the Reverend Chris Bennett, will be here to preach. Uh, So that will be a mountaintop experience, I think, for us as well. So... I wanted to spend the rest of our time sharing some things I saw this week when I was exploring the way God is with us in the mountain. And I'm telling you, I saw this and I thought, I can't believe I never recognized this before. But it's it's really, I think, pretty pretty amazing. If you think about the life of Moses, Moses had four different mountaintop experiences where he encountered God. And and I think that if we examine what happens in Moses' mountaintop experiences, we can learn something about what God does for us when God calls us up onto the mountaintop to spend time with Emmanuel. So here's the first mountain. Moses is minding his business, tending his father-in-law's sheep, when all of a sudden he sees this, this bush Now, before we get too far into this, something I also noted this week was the Exodus is the great story of liberation in the Old Testament. It's the great story of God setting people free, and the first person to find out about what God is going to do is a guy who is watching sheep. Now, fast forward to the New Testament The great story of liberation in the history of the world God does through Jesus Christ. 
and the first person people to find out about this new liberation that has come are people who are watching sheep. So this is my untested biblical theory. Feel free to try it out if you like. If you stand in need of some liberation in your life, buy some sheep. Right? So Moses is there, he's watching his father-in-law's sheep. In fact, they don't even have to be your sheep. You can borrow somebody's sheep like Moses did. Moses is there, he's watching the sheep. He sees this, this bush. It's ablaze, but it's not being consumed. And he hears the voice. You know the story. He hears the voice. Moses, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And something spectacular happens in Moses' life in that moment. On that mountaintop, Moses finds purpose. The first mountaintop in Moses' life is the mountain of purpose. God says to Moses, I have something that I need you to do. I need you to go down into Egypt. I need you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. On the mountaintop, Moses finds purpose. This is one of the things that God does with us on the mountaintop. On the mountaintop, God helps us find our purpose too. I've talked about this a lot here at Ebenezer Church. I believe that three things are absolutely told to us in the Bible about ourselves. First, we are loved. Second, we belong. And third, that God has given us purpose. Oftentimes, God takes the mountain to give us that purpose. Now, a couple of things to note about the purpose. First, my guess is if you look back on your life, You will look back and one of your earliest spiritual memories will be a mountaintop experience. Maybe it was at summer camp. Maybe it was on a youth mission trip. Maybe you're home from college right now and you're experiencing this mountaintop where God is calling you to a purpose. I believe that we have these mountaintop experiences in which God says your life can make a difference in this world and I have something I need you to do. One one quick thought, and you're the only service that has gotten this today, and I'm not even going to charge you extra for it, okay? <laughs> Between the 945 and 1115 services today, a young lady came up to me and she said, uh, she told me that she'd just gotten back from a mission trip that she went on to India. Now, I knew she was going. I prayed with her before she left, but she came back and we had this delightful conversation about what she saw and experienced. She said, this was the perfect sermon for me to hear coming off this mountaintop experience. I just got back Thursday and... And my advice to her was twofold. I said, listen, you are going to see that in time God called you to do something while you were there. While you were up on that mountain, God called you to do something. And I want to make sure that that you write that down, that you pay attention to the fact that God called you to do it. And then you need to ask somebody to hold you accountable to it. I just want to note this about our mountaintop experiences. That God gives us mountaintop experiences perhaps more frequently than we even recognize And oftentimes the flaw is in our follow-through. And so part of the gift that God gave to Moses after this mountain of purpose is that God gave him somebody to help hold him accountable in the form of Aaron. So next time you find yourself on a mountaintop where you hear God calling you to do something remarkable, tell somebody and ask them to hold you accountable so that you don't lose the benefit of what God is calling you to do and so that others don't miss the blessing God is calling you to be in their lives. The first mountain is the mountain of purpose. But there's a second mountain. The second mountain we could call the mountain of encouragement. Moses has gone and done what God called him to do. He's fulfilled his purpose to help lead the Israelites out of their captivity in Egypt. But then God calls him up onto the mountaintop again. And we saw this text in Exodus chapter 19 
this morning, I want to invite you to look at what we saw, this second mountain. The Lord God called to Moses from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. Look at what comes next. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure. Did you hear that? You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests. You will be my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. This is what you must say to my people. They are my treasure. They are my people. A couple of weeks, a couple of years ago, I told you about how when my kids were little biddies, I, uh, We would always kind of end the night the same way, or at least I would when I was taking my kids to bed. We'd read our stories and we'd say our prayers, which we still do. But then, just before I turn off the light, I'll look back at my children and I'll say, do you remember what a treasure is? And though they've heard this a hundred times before, Every night they'll go, no, daddy, we don't remember. Now, part of that is just because they want to extend the amount of time until I turn off the light, right? You know this, this routine. Do you know what a treasure is? No, daddy, we don't know. And I'll say, oh, a treasure is the most special. It's the most beautiful. It's the most important thing in the world. A treasure is something you give up all your toys and all your treats and all the money in your piggy bank just to have. And do you know who mommy and daddy's treasures are? No, Daddy. You are our treasure. You know where I learned to think about and talk to my children about being my treasures? I learned it from our Heavenly Father. We're talking about mountaintop experiences today, and maybe this will turn out to be a mountaintop experience for you. I don't know what kind of tradition you grew up in. I don't know what your faith past has been, but here's what I do know. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the promises of the Bible are made available to you and me. And I say that just to say to you, here's what the God of all creation has said. God has said that you are his treasure. The creator of the universe says that you are his treasure and then bears it out, bears it out throughout history when God held nothing, nothing back in pursuit of you. Sometimes God calls us onto the mountaintop to be reminded that we are his treasure. Sometimes God calls us to the mountain so that we will be encouraged. A third mountaintop experience for Moses actually comes towards the end of his life. At the end of Moses' life, after they've journeyed in the wilderness for 40 years, God takes Moses up onto a mountaintop and there... He shows Moses the promised land, a land that's flowing with milk and with honey. It was a beautiful image for Moses. But here's what I think was important about that moment. I think it was in that moment that Moses saw his legacy. The third mountain that Moses experiences is the mountain of legacy. 
Moses saw that because of his faithfulness to God, God's people were going to experience God's promise. Now let me make this applicable to us today. My guess is that in the coming week, this is going to happen for a number of you. As we sit around trees, as we sit around tables, we're going to look at our loved ones and our family members. We're going to look at those we've loved and sacrificed for, many of whom will outlive us. And we're going to see a glimpse into the future. We're going to see that the way we have loved them, they are loving their children and their grandchildren. We're going to see that God used our lives to make a difference. What a beautiful mountaintop experience that is. Some of you have had this experience as you retired from your careers. Maybe you were in civil service or in the military and you, you loved and cared for your colleagues throughout your, this season. But as you came to the end of your career, you actually could see a little bit into the future. You could see how the world would be a better place because of what you did in your career. There are those moments in our lives that God takes us to the mountaintop just so we can see the difference that God has used our lives to make in this world. And don't mistake me. God is still the one who gets the glory. But God gives us the gift of seeing the impact our lives have made. Moses had these three mountaintop experiences. He found purpose on a mountain. He found encouragement on a mountain. He found his legacy on a mountain. And then the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 34, the Bible says that he dies. And you might say, wait, pastor, then you forgot a mountain because you told us there were four. Well, there, there is a fourth mountain. But Moses' fourth mountain doesn't come in Exodus or Deuteronomy. Moses' first mountain, fourth mountain, comes in the New Testament. Thousands of years later, Moses is seen again. The Bible tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up onto the mountain that become known to Christian history as the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, as they're fellowshipping together, they're Elijah and who? Moses appear. It's that fourth mountaintop experience. Moses and Elijah commune with Christ before Jesus goes off to purchase our salvation in his final journey to Jerusalem. I believe that there is an important lesson here to learn about what will be, I hope for all of us, our final mountaintop experience. It's the lesson about the mountain of God. You see, this series has been an exploration of the blessing found in the coming of Jesus. Emmanuel. We've seen how God is with us in good times. We've seen how God is with us in bad times. And Moses' final mountain, Moses' final mountain reveals to us that for us, for those of us who believe, a day is coming, a mountain is coming that will have no valley associated with it again. You see, there is a final mountaintop experience, like with Moses, in store for all of us who believe. And I want to show you something about what the Bible tells us about that mountaintop experience. John the Revelator says this. He said, I heard a voice cry out from the throne. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. I just, just pause there for a second. What does that mean? 
Well, when Christ breaks into our human story, all the way back at the beginning of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1, the first promise associated with him is that he will be God with us. Now, at the end of the story, in what is to come in Revelation 21, John tells us that once more, the image of glory is that God will be with us. Here's the point. The coming of Jesus was a foretaste of what heaven shall be for us. In fact, that's what makes heaven, heaven. Heaven isn't heaven because we walk on streets of gold or because we have a mansion. I've been to some of your houses. You already live in church, right? I'm just joking. I haven't been to any of your houses. Invite me over. I'll come. But here's the thing. It's not about the streets of gold. It's not about gates of pearls. What heaven is about is about the fact that that which has separated us from God since the first garden has been removed and we get to walk with God on a mountain forever. This is the fulfillment of the Emmanuel promise. God himself will be with them. And look what happens next. Watch this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And God ends the passage by saying, Behold, I have made everything, everything, everything new again. Yeah. God is with us. On the earth. In our good times and in our bad times, God is there. But I don't want us to miss the point that for those of us who have faith in Christ, there is a final mountain coming our way. And I want you to share in the blessing of God's presence. I want you to know the blessing of God in this world. I want you to share the blessing of God's presence in the world to come. Church, I I want you to, to be there with me. And perhaps you're somebody in this community and congregation who, um, has never really professed faith in Christ. And the good news is that today can be that day. Or maybe, and I think probably more likely, you're, you're someone who has treated faith like something that we can do when it's convenient. We've put God in God's box and we take God down at certain times of the year. The Bible calls that having a knowledge of God but denying the power therein. God wants to be with you in good times and bad times. God wants to be with you all the time because that's what will make your life worth living. And if you haven't felt the presence of Emmanuel in your life, today can be the day that you awaken to a new experience and find that all of your life God has been pursuing his treasure and God's been pursuing you. Not only is the beauty of this moment for this lifetime, but there's a mountain to come. So, I just want to invite you for just a moment. Would you be in an attitude of prayer with me? Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you because 
He is indeed our Emmanuel. We thank you for the way that you are with us when our lives are hard, when suffering is real. We thank you for your time with us in the valley. We thank you for being with us in the storms of crisis. We thank you for the way you prepare us in the wilderness. And we thank you, O oh God, for the mountaintop, for being with us in our time of joy. Lord, there are perhaps some here today who don't know the gift of your presence. Oh, you have been loving them and searching for them for so long. God, may this be their day that they finally have the experience of Emmanuel, God, with them through a simple prayer like this one. Heavenly Father, I've made so many mistakes. I've hurt you, others. I've even hurt myself. Forgive me. Today, I accept you as my Savior. And today, I call you my Lord. From now until eternity. I want to feel your presence and power in my life so that my life on this earth will matter and my life to come shall be filled with joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. In the valley, in the wilderness, in the storms, On the mountain, the presence of the living God is made available to us because God loved the world desperately so much that God wanted to give us exactly what we needed. And it turns out that what we've needed all along is God with us. Amen.